And welcome to Pagan World. And tonight we're talking about Pagans Protested. Hi, I'm your host, Ed the Pagan, and I want to thank all of my adventurers, explorers, and tonight spiritual warriors for joining me when we talk to uh, Mary Hawk, who is uh, the, one of the leading thought leaders of the Witch Rising movement. Uh, you see what, you've been seeing a lot of it, Matt Ern. There's a number of people, the Magic of Resistance, but Mary Hawk has been working on this for a while, and she is also the president of Pagan Worlds. TV, uh, and and also she also has led Pagan Pride for a number of years. So she has a lot of experience in this place. She, she's a fascinating person, and I want, I'm so glad to be able to introduce you tonight to her. And what we're going to talk to you about tonight is going to be very much about the Pagans that are being protested. And we've got actually a new story coming in. But let me first bring on Mary Hawk. Hey, Mary. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. So um, let's get into the story that you brought up. I haven't even finished reading it on Wild Hunt uh, about protesting, the latest one. Can you t- fill us in? Um, or any of them that are going out there. Well, let's start out with the one that the Wild Hunt posted today, three hours okay. ago. This is from London. There is a festival called Witch Fest International that happens the, in South London, celebrating its 21st anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a loud Christian protest group. They were loud enough to disrupt workshops and events while creating worrisome conditions for attendees. I'm reading straight from the Wild Hunt here. It is held by the Children of Artemis, a nonprofit group of UK-based witches. It's widely viewed as the largest such event in the world. And they have five simultaneous events and workshops occurring hourly. Uh, During the afternoon, while workshops and other events were occurring, a group of approximately 30 self-described Christians gathered in front of the Fairfield Hall's venue where the event is held and began broadcasting evangelizing messages on sound equipment and protesting the event from the street. Witnesses described the protesters as loud, aggressive, and abusive. The Christian group was prepared for the interference because they had megaphones and amplifiers to be sure their message would be maximally disruptive for hours. They also had leaflets, banners, and crosses. And they also loudly played hard rock and metal in between calls to repent to ensure they would impact the event. And witnesses noted they were clearly trained and organized to disturb the event as much as possible. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, that is. That is uh, a huge so, so okay. So, wildhunt.org is for pro- today. But this is—if this were just a singular event, I wouldn't be concerned. 
But you've been watching this. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you've been watching? Why, why we're using the term "witch rising"? Um, it's a Facebook page on "witch rising." You go to facebook.com for wit- slash "witch rising," and you have about seven thousand people on the page. We've been we've been dealing with this for a while, but can you talk about it? I mean, why people are going to say, "Oh, why isn't this just you know?" It's not that important. It's just yesterday. Hmm? It uh, is important. Because this is a pattern we're seeing over and over again mm-hmm. at events and even oddly enough, let me find this other article uh, also from the Wild Hunt. This one was from November the 1st. Mm, I know what you're going to talk about. Go ahead. Yes. On October 31st, there were reports from a Publix supermarket in Miami, Florida, that said a group of individuals claiming to be servants of Jesus stood in front of the store's Halloween display and then marched through the store shouting, there are customers celebrating Sam Hain tonight. Apparently, that's how they pronounced it. There are witches summoning the devil here and tonight. They are among us. They, there were several. The Wild Hunt spoke with several employees who witnessed the event. They requested anonymity, but confirmed the episode. One employee said they didn't understand who Sam Hain was, referring to the mispronunciation of Samhain by the group of protesters. The group continued through various parts of the store shouting, find the witches, save our children from the witches. The group was interrupted, presumably by security, and escorted out of the store. So, I mean, this is growing. So, let's go ahead and... Let's go ahead and go. There's also another incident on the same day in the same article, right? There is, but I just wanted to point out that that is okay. before we get to the 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 next one we're going to discuss is so somewhat I, I get, So let's go I ahead just and wanted, jump, let's hold on to that one. Okay. okay. Three one nine five two seven six seven seven eight. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to start taking calls. Today we'll have our pagan book. We're going to have another pagan book. Every day we're going to have a pagan book. We're going to discuss what are your favorites. Tell us what it is. PaganWorldTV at gmail.com. If you want to be an author and want to actually have your book talked about, PaganWorldTV at gmail.com. All right. Let's talk about your event. Let's talk about Pagan Pride Nashville. Because this isn't just you being in an ivory tower, right? Let's talk about that. Oh, no. Hmm? No, and I have been one of the co-coordinators of Nashville Pagan Pride Day since 2012. I was a volunteer for many years prior to that. Uh, We've experienced two major protests. I'm not even going to count people to occasionally show up and try and pass out literature. Right. But uh, this year we had a group of three men 
who came and set up right at our entrance. The way our uh, venue is set up, we rent out four shelters around a dead-end road, and we close it off, and we hold our event on either side of the road. It's a great setup, but everyone does have to come through a narrow entryway and we don't control the outside of the entryway, so that gave them a perfect place to set up mm-hmm. and just harangue us all day long. They were right there yelling at everyone coming and going. They started out with amplification, but my wonderful co-coordinator, Lucy Jameson, confronted them and pointed out that they did not have a permit for amplification. We do have a permit for amplification. We pay extra for it, actually, so we can run a sound system. And she threatened them with the police if they did not turn off their amplification. And that made them stop. So we did have them most of the day. They did take a break for lunch, but then they came back. And yeah, they I want. Were I, I want to be Ed. so much meaner. I want to be so much meaner to them, but we didn't. We were not mean to them. We. Overall, it would be nice was... to ignore them, but it's kind of hard. At one point, I went to my car with one of my grandkids to pull out the tables for main ritual and unfortunately they were right across from my car so they were yelling at us about how badly we needed Jesus the whole time we're pulling everything out making sure we have all the tables all the ritual gear being yelled at the whole time. So people are saying, oh, this is isolated incidents, right? But let's go ahead and go to Witch Fest. Not this year. They did a pretty good job this year, but last year. Where they had yeah. people there, uh, Star Raven uh, Hawk and the uh, Wiccan family of New York. Really great organizing. They organize Witch Fest every year, both online and offline. Great event. Had Christians coming in and really kind of invading their territory, and the police refused to act. Um, the paladin Elizabeth Hamilton was there. Uh, what is now First Priest uh, Phoenix was there. A lot of people were there, and they handled it. And a lot of film on it. But this was where the police failed to prevent these people from entering into space. And it was the first major incident in New York City where these people... These Christian evangelicals of a particular type began to move into the space to actually disrupt physical space. And the police more or less left them. And that was in July 2023, uh, 2022. And in 2023, they took a lot more action to, to prevent those types of events. We're actually seeing more security. Um, I mean, it's not unknown, and I've had my own incidents and everything else about this. I mean, I've gone through it. And in the next part of the show, I'll talk a little bit about Hoopston, Illinois, uh, which we are now 20 years from when that incident happened. 
that one's a, one of the most documented incidents in the country of this religious discrimination. But what we're seeing now is a new thing. We've seen protests before. We've seen hatred before. We've seen discrimination before. We've seen the workplace discrimination. We've seen the that. But we are seeing now a new type of discrimination because you weren't just on the forefront with pagan pride, with pagan protesting. Let's go ahead and talk about the other part of it. You actually have an anti-witch preacher not too far from you, right? Yes, I do. And uh, his name is Greg Locke. He leads Mm -hmm. the Global Vision Bible Church. And he held a burning on Halloween. Mm-hmm. So he uh, publicized this on his social media channels. They had a long church service. And I'm reading now from a Newsweek article. He had urged his congregation to burn books and other items representing witchcraft. He told his followers that they were breaking an agreement with witchcraft by allowing the supposedly evil materials to go up in flames. Uh, Their service also offered what was claimed to be a mass deliverance for children that was presented as an alternative to the demonic practice of trick-or-treating on Halloween. Huh. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, at it, it, one level, so I think, let me go on to state this. There's a pattern here, and we're going to keep showing you this pattern. We're going to get deeper into the pattern. Um, so if this is tonight, if you ever believe it is, and we're going to talk a little bit about Tower Time and a little bit after, you know, at, at that sort of thing. If you want to bring in your comments, bring it in, 319-527-6778. And I want to say thanks 21 viewers so for listeners so far who have joined me in this. And yeah, everybody knows I need to get to 10,000 as fast as possible. So if you like what you're hearing, please share it. Um but I'm seeing this pattern. There's, there's, there is a definite pattern here because you're not even there. So let's add the third element to this for you. And you had, every year at Pagan Pride for a long time, you've had what? The family-friendly drag show. We have. Right? And this year you did not. And I think in part, other commitments, other reasons. But all this year, since last year, they've been fighting in your state about making drag completely illegal. And I think that was one of the reasons we didn't see the drag show is because it made it unfriendly. It didn't. Ma- it was no longer illegal. But can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we started with the family-friendly drag show when uh, a pagan drag performer approached us with the idea of offering that. To us mm-hmm. and promised it would be rated G and you know perfectly appropriate for a day in the park. They came out, put it on, you know, 
great costumes, basically performing to popular music, and it was so much fun. And the comments we got afterwards was everyone loved it and they wanted it again. And they have done similar family-friendly shows at other pagan events. But suddenly, drag is evil. It's enticing children. It's grooming children. And uh, they're attacking drag story hours. Although... The amount of work a drag performer puts into picking a book, coming up with an appropriate costume for the book, and not just reading the book to the kids, you know, they narrate that book. They make a dramatic presentation. I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing to take your kid to, but it's been a hard-fought battle in our state uh, that one, just to keep at one point they, uh, the laws were going to be so strict it was not possible to say if you could even legally have a drag show anywhere and then only in a 21 and up venue and at one point uh, transgender people were very concerned that the law could be held to apply to them just going about their normal business in public because it was implying if someone was dressed as something other than the gender on their birth certificate, they could be uh, guilty of a misdemeanor or a felony. Scary so stuff. This is, and yeah, this has been a huge attack on civil rights, drag mm -hmm. shows, LGBTQ rights. Uh, one community canceled their pride event because of it. Now, Nashville's pride event was held this year, and I'm Proud to say National Pagan Pride Day had a float in it. We marched and passed out stickers and drummed and had a blast. Absolutely. So really quick, uh, Pagan World TV. Go to Pagan World TV. We're going to have more of it starting November 24th. We're going to have an auction. If you want to donate to the auction, please contact PaganWorldTV at gmail.com as quickly as you can. We will be running it from at least November 4th to December 4th. Fourth, I believe, and it'll continue on. So, Mary, talk for just a minute about the auction. Okay. Well, we are having our Black Friday Pagan World Auction. Get your Yule shopping done early. Uh, right now, we have got some incredible things that will be going up for auction on Black Friday. We have readings by several people. Uh, Reverend Don Lewis is offering three readings. Reverend Phoenix Coffin-William is putting in two readings. 
Uh, Reverend Brian, who reads with me on Tarot Thursday, has offered two readings. I'm putting in two readings. We have a couple of Yule Mystery Boxes donated by our sponsor, Aroma G's. Another one of our sponsors, Divine Intentions, is getting their items together, and we've just been donated a beautiful bone reading kit by Adelana Moonfire of Everyday Witchcraft with Adelana. So these so, are going up for auction on Friday. Uh, there you go. And so, Mary, I want you to stay over through the break. We're going to go on to Pagan Books by tonight. We're going to talk to Reverend Don Lewis, Book of the Dead, and the Five Mystic Sixers by Don. And at the bottom of the hour, we're going to start taking calls. And we're going to get into that one part of that story we stopped. What is about to be told to you for us as witches is probably the, the, the one element that strikes so hard. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get back. And Mary uh, is going to stay through the uh, through the break, and then she'll be back on the other side. 319-527-6778. I know you guys might not call today, but pretty soon you're going to wish you had. And so here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pagan Books segment of Pagan World. And today we're talking with Reverend Don Lewis, a uh, long-time writer, 9, 10, 11, 12 books, somewhere in there. We don't even keep count anymore. Uh, and it was, today we're going to be talking about the Corellian Book of the Dead. His latest uh, publication came out on November 11th. And it's one of his shorter books, but it is along with uh, all the other books he's done, first, second, third degree. Uh, uh, he's done fiction. He's done that. We'll talk more about what he has done uh, later. But today we're going to talk about the Crowley Book of the Dead. Hi, Reverend Don. Hello. And welcome to our 350th interview. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> it uh, could easily be. All right. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Crowley Book of the Dead, which you just recently finished and has been published November 11th. And you can pick that up at CrowleyandPublishing.com. Yes. And or Amazon, if you want it faster, quicker, or simpler. Yeah. Uh, Amazon makes everybody's life easier, including our own. That is not an endorsement. Uh, you have to be careful with these things these days. But well, it is. True. And Corellian Publishing, for those discretion, uh, I am running uh, Corellian Publishing. Uh, so this is the out. So this is a little bit in-house, but okay. Yep. This is so, an in-house interview. Yeah. So, But you uh, but you just finished Corellian Book of the Dead. Yes. Talk about it. Uh, this is the Corellian Book of the Dead, and um, basically a compendium of Corellian ideas on death, the afterlife, spirits, working with spirits, mediumship, um, the nature of incarnation and reincarnation, and everything connected to these subjects. Uh, it includes things like the ceremonies of the dead, the the um, the way to help the uh, the deceased to cross over, the way to help those who are caught between the worlds a formal Corellian funeral, all, all of those lovely things. And that's interesting, because is there anywhere before you publish this type of material? Um, some of it's been in various places. Some of it has not. Uh, we mentioned the formal Corellian funeral. That was in the Rites of Passage course that's been available for many years, but not widely taken. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, there, there have been a number of people who have had that formal funeral, including uh, the late First Elder Lady Windy uh, and, and several others. But I think for some people, it'll be the first time they've heard about it. That's interesting. Rites of passage. Is that ever going to see a publication form? I think that we need to bring it back into publication now. Okay. Okay. So you talk about these things. And so it's interesting. Well, so why has there not been previous this? I mean, everybody talks about traditions. Mm-hmm. Why has there not been a previous discussion of this or an idea of this being put out? Well, there have been a number of discussions of it, but mm-hmm. this was, uh, was an in-depth look. Uh, we talk at great length about death in the spirit world and reincarnation in the second and third degree lessons, for example, um, but not as their own book. So, so we were able to go into maybe a little more detail. So one of the things I think is happening that you're, that you're doing is that for the biggest part, if I understand right, um, the, 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 the line of Corellian women that have, have led this have been primarily mm-hmm. oral, familial and by activity tradition teachers. They talk yeah, by, very old fashioned in that way. Absolutely. And that Lady Crystal and yourself began the more formal trainings that, that we have today. Yes, the standardized training. My my mother, to the best of my knowledge, was the first person to, to start putting Corellian ideas in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Crystal and I followed. And, and we started that. the idea of, of a standardized training. Talk about that. What was the book that your mother put out? Uh, my mother wrote a book called The Five Mystic Secrets, mm-hmm. which was intended to be what uh, what Pete Pathfinder called an anti-tract, mm-hmm. but actually was a bit of an encapsulation of many of the higher ideas of, of Corellian thought as they were at that time. Some of the terminology has changed over the, word, over, over the years, but the ideas are still the same, and it's still considered one of the um, one, one of the primary sources of Corellian material. And uh, in fact, we brought it into uh, a new publication quite recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, She also wrote a number of articles, many of which have not seen the light of day for, well, since her death, which may yet be, be, um, may find their way into a book at some point. So, okay. Or maybe the Corellian Times. That's true. There you go. So do you have a copy of the book, Five Mystic Seekers? Do I just show that? I do. Because this one is something a little bit special. I, I see all the colors on there. Yeah. Five Mystic Secrets. Uh, can you talk about all those colors on there? <laughs> uh, well, it's a bit, it, it, this book is a multilingual edition. Mm-hmm. It includes the English language version, which, of course, was the original, Spanish language, Greek, French, Portuguese, German, Swedish, and Dutch. Hmm. So a wide range of translations. And, uh, and so, so there you go. And it's a way to do so. There may be, if you, if you want to translate it in your language, you should let Corellian Publishing know. Absolutely. Uh, com is where you can buy all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Amazon. Or Amazon. And so it must be very I can't, I can't sign it for you if you buy it from Amazon, but otherwise it's just as good. Well, we were talking about this yesterday with a, uh, uh, a friend of mine who was about the idea of buying from overseas and we talked about with lisa mcsherry uh yesterday's show we're talking about lisa mcsherry and one of the things we said is that uh you should probably order directly from amazon if you're in another country and we will send you a template Mm -hmm. publishing will send you a template with non-signature even even an inscription to you 
if you buy overseas or even in the United States, we'll be happy to do it there, mm. and we'll send you the inscription. Yes, we, we, we absolutely can do that. And Don will make a nice And then you fan. can paste it into the book. And Don will do a fancy little inscription uh, with, with his wonderful art and, and pieces, and we can do that. So don't think that if you want to get an autograph piece or want to have Don's copy of his autographs just because you're an autograph seeker, you can buy it from Amazon. Let us show this that you bought it from Amazon, and we'll send you uh, a signature and encryption card. Yep. I think that helps out for a lot of people. So, well, especially, especially outside of the continental U.S., where the, where the shipping rate is very, very high to ship it from here. So, so one's the beginning of, of Corellian thought, and the other one's the end of Corellian thought. Well, yeah, in a manner of speaking, although they both both deal heavily with the nature of incarnation. Uh, but the Book of the Dead deals specifically with ideas, among other things, of how to speak to the dead, what happens to you when you die what is in the other world. Um, and yeah, it's, it's much more focused on, on what its title says. It, it has to do with the dead. And why did you feel a need to write it this time? Is it just because that's sequential or? Well, uh, earlier this year, I, I, I nearly joined the dead. Not for the first time, but, but the most recent one. And um, took rather a long time to get back on this occasion. And it, it's had me thinking about it all year long. And so it was a natural thing to write about. Um, it was some, a place where my mind had been very heavily. And also a place where my, my spirit had been. Mm-hmm. And I talked about after it happened that I, I had had um, a vision of the next thing I needed to do. Well, this is part of that. The people... Partly about how, how we deal with death, our own or other people, and what the realities of it are from a Corellian point of view. Has it changed any of your points of views on death? No, I can't say that it really has. Mm. Um, it um, may have changed some of my points of view on life, but mm. not... not uh, but I think it, it only confirmed my attitudes toward death. I, I, if anything, I believe um, more strongly in the things I believed in in the first place. I think one of the things I've learned out of it, uh, going through the process with you and this year, is the cost, how expensive it is to have a dignified death. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, one of the things we found is that I cannot afford to die. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah, neither so you're stuck with us for a while. That's right. But it is. It's magnificently because the basic funeral that we wanted for Don, and he's going to have to get insurance, and there's a ways of handling it now that he's he's much stronger today. But, yeah. And one of the things that led to the Australian book is it was like it's like twelve thousand dollars, and you yeah. own your lot. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I've al- I've already got a place to put myself. It's getting me there. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean it's uh, it's quite expensive. Mm. That's something people. And that 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 is an aspect this book does not deal with. The um, the uh, aspects of, of like embalming and physical funerals. Mm-hmm. We talk about the ceremonial aspects. We talk about the spiritual aspects. There are some significant physical things to think about in terms of what you want to have done when you cross over. Uh, but that's part of the rites of passage course. 
There you go, folks. Um, and there it is. So, Corellian Book of the Dead, Five Mystic Secrets. Check them out, Corellian Publishing, or on Amazon. And if you can, if you're going to do it Amazon, you should probably join one of the many Amazon Cares uh, programs, which will give a little bit of money to your charities. I am not going to say don't use Amazon, but let's use it a little bit better and see what we can keep getting for ourselves. Uh, the number of groups, including the Aquarius Tabernacle Church and others. I don't know if the Carlins have one, but I do know that uh, they do. So if you should take a look, check out Amazon Cares, and when you make purchases, let's see if we can get a little bit of extra money in the hands of our favorite not-for-profits. <laughs> well, thank you, Don. We will have you back. I certainly will talk more about pagan books. And uh, with that, folks, we will talk to you soon. Uh, right after this break, and uh, back to Pagan World, and we will be doing more on Pagan Books. If you'd like to do Pagan Books, please write PaganWorldTV at gmail.com and let us know that you want to be interviewed on your book. Blessed be. And you can find Don Lewis's book at CorellianPublishing.com. Here we will be normally inserting a commercial, and we will soon be doing that. Do you want it to be your commercial? Check it out, Pagan.World. Join it today. It's free to join. You're going to find out it is going to be where you're going to make your pagan connections. Because after all, what is the world but a place where our relationships blossom? And we're continuing on with Mary Hawk. And so uh, Mary Hawk is in charge of Pagan World TV. She's doing a number of shows. Uh, there is Alana with uh, the, one of the best shows, I think, coming out. Right now, and she's doing new material every uh, that, and she's out on every Wednesday, correct? Yes, she is. Okay. So Don Lewis she, just and Diane Bucko and Don Lewis will be tomorrow's night show, but a lot of moons. I want to have her on my show soon, but it's just, okay. So it's Wednesday, right? Sorry, I interrupted you, but that's okay. But, yes, she's on Wednesday, seven Central, eight Eastern. So yeah. So you're going to be able to see that. Go ahead and do that. Remember, you're probably going to see many overlapping situations here in the future. But uh, I think she does a great show. I think it is amazing. And uh, we're going to keep expanding on these ideas. So, Alana Moon, what what are some of your other favorite shows on Pagan World TV? All right. So on... I think I threw it for a loop, folks. You know, I do that. I zag and I zag all day. You do, Ed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on Monday nights, we have the seance with Reverend Dr. Paul Meckes. That is at 8 Central, 9 Eastern, and he will be talking to all kinds of interesting people. Uh, authors, actors, and exorcists, you never know who Dr. Paul is going to be talking to. On Tuesdays at 6 Central, 7 Eastern, we have the Gail Tracy Mole Show. And Gail is a good friend of mine. She is a Reiki master, and she is interviewing a wide variety of people. Uh, She's had different healers on, different people from the pagan world, and she'll okay. be bringing out new material. And we'll get more of the shows uh, later this week because I'm getting some protests back. 
because uh, uh, thank you. I'm paying attention, folks. Uh, they're saying, well, what about, what about what you're talking about? They're saying, what is the big story that we were going to drop at the bottom of the hour? And we're, they feel like we're teasing them. And we are a little bit. Of course I am. And I'm, I'm all ready to talk about that. And you asked me for the schedule. Of course I did, because this is important. How do we build connections? So we want to build connections across the board. And so we're going to talk about Picking World a little bit, but I'm going to hear what you say because we're so connected. Go ahead and tell us the story of probably what I think is the single most outrageous act of the year. All right. So this is from Salem, Massachusetts on October 30th, where Warlock's Christian Day and Brian Kane hosted their annual Salem Witches Magic Circle. The event was a public ritual that was billed as witches from around the globe gather for the sacred and magic ritual of Halloween. This event is free and open to all who wish to attend with an open heart and a love for the dead. They're dead. This event began late in the afternoon. Uh, Day and Kane were joined by Witch Dr. Utu and the Dragon Ritual Drummers. And about 250 people were there to participate in the open ritual including casting a sacred circle. Now, 30 minutes into the ritual. Go ahead, Ed. So let me me say, I've attended this ritual in 2019. I'll talk about some of my experiences, but this is one of the most important rituals of the year because it has so much attention and focus on it. So... Understand, this isn't just a ritual. You hear 250 people, so what? But this is really has an impact on how many people are around them. So in the area of the spell, it's over half a million people are in town feeling that energy. It's amazing energy. If you ever go into the old Magic Arts, our TV archives, we have tons about this. But it's, a, it's amazing, powerful, and they spend a lot of time and energy to do this public ritual. Uh, Brian Kane and uh, Christian Day and Sandra and all of that team behind the Festival of the Dead should be really congratulated for doing such a spectacular job. It's not just the 250 people, but it's also the video behind it. Do you know all those people putting on internet and video and the, the international documentaries and all of the camera people and the major news agencies that come out? Understand, this is the biggest attraction or a moment on Halloween that is out there. So let me go ahead and let Mary continue. But let me set the stage a little bit better than the, the press is doing it. This is really important. A lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of focus has been put into it, and it's being highly filmed. Mary, back to you. Thank you, Ed. And so about 30 minutes into the ritual, a group of Christian protesters carrying a large cross and what seemed to be an image of the Shroud of Turin entered the circle and interrupted the ritual. Uh, Witches joined hands around the altar to protect it 
while the man carrying the giant cross pushed to the center of the ritual space. So they're totally violating our sacred space. The police were present, but more were called while the ritual participants drowned out the Christian protester with chants and drumming. In a subsequent video short, Salem police appeared to block the Christian protester. This group protested in 2022, but they were not this intrusive. Uh, Kaylin Borrell, district manager of Warlock Inc., Day and Kane's company, uh, said, we began the ritual like normal. We had attendees turn to each direction, and the Christian group went around the circle to make sure their signage and their cross were in view of each person. Eventually, during the ritual, as Christian went around with Robert, that's the name of their sacred skull, one of the Christian men with the large cross broke into the circle and stood inches from our altar and speaker system, putting everyone's safety at risk if something had fallen. She adds, I signaled for the police as soon as the man broke into the circle and asked them to remove him as we had police positioned there because of the prior year's event. The police said they didn't know what to do, and I said, you're removing from the circle. This is like going into a church. Once I saw there wasn't going So let me, can I, can I, can I stop ahead, you right Ed, there? No, 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 you didn't do anything wrong. In fact, I'm being the intrusive, this is mansplaining something. But um, I, it's not really mansplaining, but I want to point out something. So here's where the violation came in. I want this violation to be, be very clear. This was a permitted event. They paid a great deal of money to have a private permit on this public park. Uh, the Festival of Zed paid a permit fee into hundreds of dollars to do so. And they paid the city thousands of dollars to host their events. And they raised for the city, Christian Day, um, does somewhere in the area of about $4 million last year. But what he brought into the community is 400, you know, $40 million, $50 million, along with all this. So we're not talking about the lightweights. This is not a lightweight situation. You can go against everybody else saying, oh, it doesn't have an impact on the community. But Christian Day's impact on Salem is over $50 million a year. This isn't a nobody. This is a $50 million impact man. Brian Kane and his husband has done amazing work. They've, you know, Sandra, Leanne, oh, they've, this whole team around this magic circle that's been doing it for so many years have done so well. And so we're not even talking about it. He said, well, maybe they pay taxes. These people pay probably in the area of 2 to $3 million for the taxes over all of their events. This is a highly permitted thing. They use electricity. They use beautiful effects. They spend a great deal of money, even pyrotechnics to a small and limited degree, and they have safety people all the time. And these Christians broke their safety procedures to make something that was safe and beautiful and gorgeous into a potential hazard. And the police, which were hired, these weren't just accidental police. 
they were paid by the event to be there, would not step in. Where do we also hear this at? Star and, and Witchfest, where the police wouldn't move in either. But this is a, a high-impact, high-cost, high-value situation. Back to Mary. So I just want people to realize that. Hmm? And I appreciate you pointing that out, Ed. And as mm-hmm. the rest of what is here is just uh, Ms. Borrell adding that once she realized that the police were not intervening, she directed the rest of the group to protect the altar and the sacred items until they finalized their ritual. Uh, and... From a statement that Day and Kane made afterwards, mm-hmm. we have Salem, along with communities throughout the world, must realize we're in a post-COVID world where someone's idea of religious protest is to hang glide into music festivals, murder pregnant women, babies and children, regardless of whether fundamentalism comes from Muslim, Christian, or any other belief system, we must take the very threat of fundamentalism seriously. So we are years away from Go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. No, no, no. Finish. Please. We are years away from Timothy McVeigh, Eric Rudolph, and Paul Hill, but that kind of violent Christian extremism is ripe for a comeback in these tumultuous times and we must be ready for it. I agree with you. And not only that, but I think Christian Day was right. One of the things he pointed out, so we brought in a cross. Yay. But what if he brought an AK-47 in? Now remember, Massachusetts is a high gun protected area. So people don't carry a lot of weapons. Would the police have stepped in if an AK-47 was brought in? What if somebody from an outside perspective decided they're going to mow them down? Maybe next year the challenge becomes that. You know, remember, these things, violence escalates. It has to escalate to continue to get the press to pay attention. And witches look like a very fun target. Um, So we have talked so far about Mary Hawk's own perceptions. We've talked about uh, Witch Fest, which had its own protests. But let me go even a little bit back to you. Uh, Hesperia Shop in Alabama had it last year with Krampus. We may yet see the attack on Krampus. So if you are attacked this season for your Krampus rituals, let us know at PeggyWorldTV at gmail.com or Mary Hawk or me directly or anywhere we can track. Yeah, I'm at the Pagan. Mary Hawk is Mary Hawk. Um, we're easy to contact. We need to take action. So, Mary, let's talk about you as Witch Rising. Um, you know, you're president of Pagan World TV. And it's in its second year, struggling startup. But um, hey, everybody, pay attention to the witchies. Have you seen the witchy awards, Mary? I have. So, so let me be, let me campaign for myself. Somebody said I am the most in the pagan world. I'm probably the largest social influencer, and you might be the biggest single voice out there in the air. And and they go, why are you Ed and Mary? Social Influencers for the Witchy Awards. Check it out. You should probably do it. And the argument is is that we're not the biggest voices out there, 
Do you know we presented more than 20 shows in the last year within the time frame of it? We have helped increase the influence of a lot of people. Hmm? This is true. We have. So, yeah. So if you're seeing the witchies out there, please nominate us on our shows. And if you really like anything we're doing, or anybody out there, please pay attention to the witchies. We're going to talk more about this later. Uh, you have until yes. December 15th to hit the show. Um, people don't understand what we've done. Uh, this is not a, a, a new thing. This is about us having a continuous com- conversation and communication. This may seem very basic right now, but this is very different than your average podcast. Let me go ahead and tell you right now. This is very different because we're not just you know, talking heads. We're actually operators. We help people get on the Internet. And we were building this to direct pen. We have a directory. We have forums. We have everything that you could possibly need to connect with the pagan dot world. And we're a metaversal company. But Mary Hawk, very specifically, has taken out. And Witch Rising, the Facebook page, has thousands of people on it. And you need to join that if you really want to. And you need to help us find out all of this. Because this is a fast-growing, exponential story. Yes, we want to hear about your discrimination at work. We want to hear about all of this. But we really want to hear about the the Christian movement protesting against your group and how to do it. We could only begin to make an organization. We could only begin dealing with this. We could only begin claiming conspiracy. We can actually charge them with conspiracy if we can show a pattern. But remember, they hide behind, oh, this is an individual lone wolf. And they'll hide behind it when these individual protesters, they'll go, oh, those people at Nashville, Pagan Pride, were just individual crackpots. Do that when but they the bring it up. the thing is, mm-hmm. they wouldn't tell you their names. Oh, no. The film I've got. But let me go back one more time to Salem. This was not a new fight. If you go back, to my videos on Magic TV from 2019, right? And my Facebook pages of October 2019, you see that I was actually in a real um, protest with the Christian right over the Bewitch Salem, and it almost became a riot. It was eventually closed down by the police. But if you ever see that, you will see this really implicit fight. And then next year, I plan to be in the streets of Salem. I want the paladins to join me. I want people to join me. And we need to go ahead and confront these Christians. How do we protect the magic circle? We need to make sure they can't get in. And everybody's going to go, oh, we should use violence. I'm not saying use violence. I'm saying use defense. Hmm? Right? Right. So... If you've ever been thinking about joining the Order of Paladins, now is the time to think about it very seriously. Because we're going to need people to guard and protect. And to be honest, I'm General of the Sacred Order of Paladins, and Mary Hawk is one of my commanders. So we really believe in this fight. So, okay, Mary, so we got about, let's go ahead and give them 10 minutes, unless somebody calls in, 319-527-6778. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what can people do to help your mission? All right. Well, number one, 
follow us on our Facebook page, Witch Rising, and let us know when you hear about reports of protest and discrimination. Because, like, I know there was discrimination, or, I'm sorry, protest at Jacksonville Pagan Pride this year because some friends of mine who live in Jacksonville told me about it. And they also had a person with a large cross walking around. This one was even fitted with a handle to make it easier to carry. So I know that Boy, happened. I bet you Jesus would have liked that. I'm sorry. Oh, my God, Ed. No, let's be honest. We're talking about the making a mockery of people's religion. We were just at the pagan uh, Parliament of World Religions where we met really profound Christians. And they, they didn't have we any did. hate for us. They had no hate for they us. They did not. And I think I need we need to make a clear division here about the sort of fundamentalist Christian dominists who come out and do this. I also have a very dear friend who is a <coughs> devout Christian. He respects my beliefs. I respect his. And we have some interesting conversations about where our religious practices coincide and where they vary. And uh, we actually have way more in common than we do different. So I just want to draw that uh, line there. But and, I, and I'm an interfaith worker. I've gone to every parliament religion of the modern era. I do have... And my, my first one was this year. It it was an incredible experience being in huge rooms full of people who were there to work together despite differences is mind-blowing. And that really doesn't cover it. So let us be clear. We have contacts with other Christian groups. There are a lot of Christian groups who do not like us. We we talk with them. We're involved with interfaith. We're not talking about condemnation of all Christians. So let's be very specific. This is called a dominionist movement. And the yeah. Southern Mountains. We'll have we'll have a conversation more about that at a later time. But but well, I mean, as yeah. far as witch rising. Post it on the Facebook page. Email us at PaganWorldTV at Gmail, at WitchRisingPWTV at Gmail, because Mm -hmm. a small event getting a protest is probably not going to pick up major media. But I want to know about it. We want to know about it. Well, let's go and tell them we are major media. I okay, mean, look, look. secular media. We are the pagan media. But we, we break into modern media. I mean, we were yes. like the biggest, one of the biggest broadcasters of the Parliament of World Religions. Were we now, not? this is true. We let's, were let's, one of the biggest broadcasters. We had over 20 reporters on the ground. Religion. We had over I 20 reporters on you. I was one of the very few people with a camera at 
the uh, parade of faith. We got to say that. We co- we did the best coverage of the parade, right? We really we have, did. And we're allowed to go everywhere. I mean, we're not limited. If you join our Pagan, Pagan World TV, if you become a member of the Pagan World Project, and you're a media reporter, and we finally decide to give you credentials, those are real credentials. Let's be honest about this, Mary. Those were real credentials. Yeah. We are a media organization with media credentials. So I I will restate what I was saying. Good. I've got Newsweek articles on some things, but Newsweek is not going to cover a protest at your local metaphysical store. But we will cover it if you'll tell us it's happening. Get footage of it. Send it to us. Take out yourself and, and now with Peggy World Radio combined with Peggy World TV, which Mary makes sure is that every night we're bringing you fantastic stories, great writers and everything else. The Witchy Awards. You should really help us out. But um, so, yes. that we've done. This is growing, right. but we need to know where it's happening everywhere. So be join us if you really want media credentials in your local area. So let's make this very clear. We're making an offer to you. Sign up for Pagan World. Take a look at it. And then let us know if you want to become one of our reporters. We're going to do a little bit of background check on you. Of course we are. We are not going to let fanatical right-wingers come in and say, well, oh, then you're going to let the fanatical left-wingers. No. We're looking at people who want to represent pagans. Not Democrats, not Republicans, not Christians, not Buddhists, maybe some interfaith, but who wants to represent pagans? And you don't have to be that specific. Say, I only want to represent heathens. I would rather you just represent heathens than to be something outside, as long as you're really good at it, right? Yeah, but cover your local event. So, folks, tonight is going to be so that we're now at the top of the hour. So I'm allowed to get into a little bit more fanatical and a little bit of everything else. And so we're going to move one step into the series of Ed the Pagan that we have unlimited bandwidth. This is a moment of telecosm, right? Mary has right. accepted this. She's been one of the people who accepted it. I've been telling Mary that it is not a bandwidth problem we have. We have an execution problem. We can do as much information as we want. We can actually consolidate as much knowledge as we need as we move into which college and which library and everything else. But it's an execution problem. Uh, people have asked us why we're not longer on Robco because it was very, very expensive. The company was haphazard at best. That's all we could afford. And the real cost of going online for us to really kind of be out there is five to $6,000 a month. It's true. I mean, we're paying out of our own personal pockets for paying, making sure that we stay on the air because we believe in what we're doing so much. Um, and that's why the auction is important. Why don't we go ahead and talk about the auction really quick, and then I'll do one more piece uh, for the day. Hmm? All right. Well, check us out at pagan.world or Pagan World on Facebook on Black Friday. We'll be posting the items for auction there. It's an eBay auction. 
so you can share them with your friends. Please bid. We've got some great items and a great reading. If you're interested in offering uh, something you make, something you sell, you can still get in on our auction. Email us at paganworldtv at gmail, and we will get back to you on that. And But please come out, support us. We'll have some great things that are going to make great Yule gifts for the pagans on your list. We're going to have some really cute items for stocking stuffers. And it's going to be fun. There you go. Couldn't ask and for better. Couldn't ask for better. And I'm going to be awfully embarrassed if nobody bids on my reading. So come on, folks. Please bid. Right. And we'll be covering more information as we go along. But it's important. Yes, we will. So one of the things I think is the most important thing that we're doing, and I think it's really super important, I really do, um, is that we're trying to keep the community connected. And so let's talk about telecosm. Let me talk about a little bit about AI. Let me go ahead and get into where I think I, this is super important to what we're doing. So for those of you who know, I'm deep into AI thinking. I want to do better with it. We need to do better with it. At least I do. Hmm? And I don't know if you've realized it, but there's been a major coup or a major shift in the way that it works. And it's really weird and fascinating with the presidents and CEOs. We've now seen, we're at conflict over the idea of, um, how would I phrase it? That's a weirdly strange idea over the way the AI works. And it's supposedly hard as, you know, nuclear weapons and all that he's talking about. But yet it's so simple for the simplest young person to be able to do, to join. Isn't that interesting? Hmm? It really is. I mean, isn't that interesting? So they're saying this is the future nuclear weapons, and pagan world should acquire AI. I mean, so we're talking about it. Wow. That's interesting. Isn't that kind of weirdly strange? To me, it is. But, you know, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, how do I phrase it to people? So you could uh, – so let me go ahead and tell you. So so we're going to set up a new page. Uh, so we're done. Uh, I'm going to set this up to the side. We're going to have auctions.pagan.world. How's that sound, Mary? That sounds great. Does it? It does. So it'll be pagans, or I don't even have to do it that. I can just simply make it. I don't have to do it that. It's going to be paganworld.org right now. Let's make it okay. even simpler. So you can do your auctions. If you're going to be a part of the auctions, we aren't doing anything with it. It's just going to Pagan World. We're going to change it up a little bit. So, yeah, just join us for the auction. We're going to talk more about that as we go along. Tomorrow night, 
And I am going to bring up one more juicy piece of, of, of talk with Mary. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be that. But hold on. Tomorrow night, we're talking to Reverend Don Lewis and Diana Bucko. We're going to talk about psychic academies, psychic energy, and why it's super important we start looking at our psychic reality. Hmm? Oh, that there, sounds very interesting. It is. And if you want to beforehand, you should join. You go to psychicacademy.co. Uh, we are beginning to train psychic uh, psychics, and we're going to talk more about that later this year. So, okay, Mary. So we have commercials. We're going to have that. We have all sorts of vendors who've done really well with us, sponsors that are doing well with us. Let's talk about the fact you're not just doing an auction. You're going to be trying to push and help everybody who's a vendor, right? Right. It is true, right? Of course it's true. So... I want you to make a momentary pitch. Why should people join Pagan.World? Completely free to join. Why should they join? The biggest reason to join is just to make connections with other Pagans. Mm-hmm. We have all kinds of ways to make connections. Uh, we have our blogs. We have our forums. Uh, we have some awesome videos posted, and of course, we have our wonderful directory where you can look up our sponsors. You can look for stores in your area, circles, temples in your area. And we have listings for events coming up that anyone can post. We also have our groups feature where you can join a group for something you are interested in or for uh, some of our groups are for people in a specific area. Some of them are for members of a specific body, like there are some for uh, certain uh, churches, temples, circles. We just have all kinds of ways to make connections. And then you have Pagan World TV? Well, of course we have Pagan World TV. And with Pagan World TV, we are bringing you Pagan content. And we have some awesome pre-recorded shows. We're also doing a lot of things that are live. Our best one really is Midday with Reverend Don, which is every weekday at noon central and uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, where Reverend Don talks about anything and everything. We are also doing, yes, and he will take your questions in chat and your suggestions for what you might talk about on future shows. He's even taking suggestions for what his next book might be. And tonight you heard he just brought out the Crowley Book of the Dead at CrowleyandPublishing.com. Yes, and I've got a copy of it. And. I love it. 
So, okay, so, um, Mary, this is a great start. So, and now we have Pagan World Radio, and, uh, guys, we have to start moving. To take this back, why should you join Pagan.World for me? It's so that you're part of the emergency, when the emergency network needs to be arise in any given area, you're not alone. Because you might be facing a protest someday, and what are you going to do about it? But you know what you're going to do? You're going to contact Mary. You're going to contact me. You're going to talk to Circle. And we're going to be able to do something. If we can do something, we're going to do everything within our power. And if you want to be a part of this movement, become a reporter for Pagan World. Pagan World Media, Pagan World Blogs, Pagan World Radio, and Pagan World TV. We can actually get you properly credentialed. We're one of the few organizations that can actually do so. And if you don't want to have proof, we were had over 20 legitimately credential reporters of the Parliament of World Religion. So there you go, folks. If you want to help the protest, think about becoming a reporter. Number one thing you can do right now. What do you think, Mary? Do you agree? Yes, I do. So... So I'll give you the last word, Mary. You have the last word tonight. Do you have anything to say? Um, the one thing I want to say is we can't shrug off the fact that protests are escalating. They're getting more organized. It might start off with one or two people yelling but they're getting more organized and they're being more disruptive. So we have to be more organized. And please join Pagan World. Help us track this and help us be ready to respond. And there you go. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 8 a.m. If you're in the Philippines, and we're going to have a great story. We're going to have Rolando Common Gomez and Blue Solo and, and so many of the Philippine magical energies enter into this very soon. We're so much looking forward to having you continue to join our project. Pagan World TV, Pagan World Radio, but most importantly, please share this if you want to. I need to get to 10,000 listens as fast as possible. So there you go, folks. And so there we are. We'll be back tomorrow night. 319-527-6778 is the show. Call in. We'll be back tomorrow night at 8 p.m. with Diana Bucko. So looking forward to this. And Reverend Don Lewis. Well, not so much. But Diana Bucko, I really am so glad to have her out there talking to us. Blessed be and good night.